Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. Welcome to the Rockets Jazz Game 3 postgame show. And joining me for this one is my old Locked On Texans partner, Brian Patterson. Did you miss me, brother? Oh, yes, man. I, I have missed you. It has been so long. It has felt so long. But it's only been since January since, you know, we, we stopped doing uh, Locked On Texas. But uh, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Uh, just love talking about my Houston sports. Doesn't matter what team, you know, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the Rockets. We're going to talk about the Texas. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And, uh, again, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I think we're going to save the, the Texans for tomorrow. But, yeah, it, it, <laughs> okay. it, it, it's only been like a little bit, but it's it feels like it, it's been a long time because we were doing this like three three or four days a week. I mean, it was, it was all the time. But, yeah, yeah. As most people know, Brian helps run and write for HouseOfHouston.com with Fanside, where he covers everything happening in Houston sports. Go check that out. And, Brian, the Rockets – they go up 3 nothing, 104-101 the final, but I tell you what, I felt like it was I was watching a Rocky fight. I think that was uh that was as about as intense a playoff game as we've seen in a while. You got to go back to the Golden State games from last year. I mean, I don't know about you, but uh that was one of those ones right after the game was over with. I was like, "Oh man, I think I can breathe again." I think I can breathe. <laughs> you had to wipe the sweat from your brow just from all the emotion that came through that game. You know, this is something that I expected going into, uh, you know, into, into Utah, into Vivint Smart Home Arena. You know, the crowd is hostile. You know, they love their jazz and they're happy that they're in the playoffs. This is just the kind of uh, the situation that you're going to get. I did not expect the Rockets to go in there and blow them out to, uh, but what I did not expect, which is what we're going to talk about, is the type of game that James Harden had. I mean, they they did a terrific job on it, but ultimately, that's why you have five players on the basketball team. You have five players on the floor, and he was still able to exude his greatness and kind of make it go through the rest of the team. And that's why, you know, he is definitely the MVP for this season. But, uh, but that was the plan. I, I believe it was just trying to agitate James Harden to a point to where he was ineffective offensively, but ultimately he's going to find a way to help his team win because that's his goal. That's he's dead set on that. now. Oh, of course. I mean, but you know, James Harden, you talked about it. He was three for 20. He didn't hit his first field goal till seven minutes left in the game. He finally got the slam dunk. That was huge. Oh, yes. That that got him rolling, you know, uh, 10 assist uh, quietly, Six steals, which was big. Only 22 points, but 14 of 16 from the line. He started to get some calls later in the game. What did he have, Brian? Like 14 points in the fourth quarter? I mean, you know, he, he Superman showed up just in time. He sure did. Yeah, he sure did. And uh, from, from yeah, he had 22 points. So he ended up with uh, 22 points. He did not score. Uh, you know, from the from the field in the first half, I, I believe. He well, the was. first three, the first three and a half quarters, it wasn't just the 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 first half. I mean, he didn't have a field goal. He was zero for twelve. You know, it was, it was interesting because they asked him after the game, they were like, uh, "Hey, James, uh, you know, what were you thinking? You were zero for whatever it was, twelve, zero for fifteen, or mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever he was to start the game." And James was like, uh, "You know, Chris Paul and James basically acted like they didn't know." You know, James. Uh, he, he just worries about the, the next shot, the next thing. And he's in that mindset and that that's his confidence level. But uh, you know, it, it was frustrating to watch. The other thing, Brian, when you watch this game um, with, with Utah is they, they, you notice that they just changed the whole game plan from the first two games. It wasn't like, we're going to give James Harden 
a free run to the basket every time. And I, I never understood that. I mean, I get shading him, but I think Milwaukee's idea was we'll shade him um, and, and, and kind of push him towards that. But we're not going to just let him, you know, as soon as he gets the ball, like take off a, like a runway straight to the basket. Everybody thought that, you know, Milwaukee, this is it. This is the blueprint on how to stop James Harden, make him go to his right and and keep an eye on his uh, left hip. So, you know, watch him on his left hip, but uh, yeah, guard him and keep make him go to his right. But the problem with the Jazz was doing is that they would do that and he would have that clear lane. Rudy Gobert, uh, you know, was extremely effective uh, last night. He had uh, seven blocks total, and five of them were in the first half. Yeah, he had a big one on uh, James Harden as well. Um, just with you know, Royce O'Neal as well. That's that's just another one of their guys that that comes off the bench and is able to go in and, and, and you know is good for a few fouls. And uh, he he was very good defensively uh, on him as well. But uh, that was a whole game plan. Just the the in terms of what what the Rockets were doing. Uh, you know they. They just have to understand that everybody on this team, you know, they're going to step up. They're going to make their shots because they know that this is the time, you know, to come together. Because James Harden, um, you you could hold it back. But again, as far as his effectiveness with his assist, yeah, he created 23 points off assists last night, if I'm not mistaken. He has 71 uh, points uh, in the playoffs. This is this is the type of points that he is creating for his teammates. So it's, he... it's what he has to do, Brian. I mean, basically, it's what he has to do because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the, that's what they're giving away. And when he goes to the basket, I, I mean, I still feel like he's having some issues with Rudy Gobert in the middle making his floater. That's what I thought was going to help him against a Rudy Gobert in the playoffs was that he's developed the floater. That's a new part of his game that I think mm-hmm. he, he'd really gotten uh, very efficient with this year. And unfortunately that hasn't gone. So at that point, you know, he's, he's trying to pass the ball more and, and then it's up to the Rockets to hit the shots. And PJ Tucker has had a pretty good series from the three point line. But you know, I guess when you got to talk about PJ Tucker, you got to talk about that big rebound, Brian, at the end of the game, the Rockets uh, shoot. They're up by uh, you know a few points, and it's the missed field goal. And then PJ Tucker comes along and and gets that rebound, which was absolutely huge. And you know that 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 was sort of the game saver for them. The other thing that they they did right was that they uh, they I guess they left Donovan Mitchell wide open, who struggled a ton after having a pretty good first half. He struggled a ton in the second half. He was nine for twenty seven from the field, and they leave him wide open. I don't know if that's the game plan. I don't think it was right there. But, you know, they got a chance to tie the ball game, the Jazz do, and he misses it. And as you're going through the game, you know, James Harden's in this funk and he he's not able to make anything. The Rockets are still within striking distance. That's just that that's what exudes the greatness of this team, uh, being able to have that resilience. And I knew they were going to pounce uh, whenever the opportunity uh, led to them being able to go overtake things. And then James Harden was able to finally find a way to score. And he was 14 for 16 from from the free throw line. So he was able to get to the line. And, of course, he's he's a magician at being able to, to draw fouls. I believe 11 of the fouls this playoffs that he has drawn have taken him to the line, and he has been able to make a bit of a living there. But we know this. This is what James Harden does. Yeah, what do you, what do you mean? 11, uh, did you say 11 of the fouls? 11, 11 of the fouls in this series so far that he has drawn uh, were based off of shooting fouls. 
So I don't know how many points that translates to necessarily. If he made one or missed one or made two, that 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 is something that I noticed as far as uh, I'm just looking at at some of the things that he has been able to do for this team. Yeah, usually, I mean, but usually his fouls are shooting fouls. I mean, that's what we yeah. <laughs> kind of come yeah. to expect with him, I guess. But yeah, I mean, if, if you look at the contributions of some of the other uh, players for the Rockets, uh, Austin Rivers, again, I mean, I, quietly, Austin Rivers is having a really nice series. The first couple of games, he was plus 20 and the plus minus, and just the, the, the few minutes that he was playing each game, this game, not as much. Of course, it's a much closer game, but uh, he, he was even, but four of six from the field. He hits a couple of really tough three-pointers. One of them, I don't even know how he made it. He's, he's like got a guy up in his face. He's falling away. You know, that was, that was something that we would see, you know, from like maybe a Kevin Durant or something like that. But um, they, of course, uh, you know, Capella does what Capella does, uh, 11 rebounds, 11 points. But there were so many times in this game, Brian, where I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm watching this game and you're like, you know, what's going on? I mean, the Rockets are, you know, making passes that they don't normally make. Uh, t- some of them are turning into turnovers. Um, but there, there's just times where both teams look like they had never played basketball before. I mean, we were seeing shots where they, they were missing the basket altogether. There were air balls. There were, you know, these big fat clankers. And, of course, we saw some big fat clankers from the Jazz in the first couple of games. But the Rockets were even throwing up some of those clankers. And it was real weird, like, to start the game – you just didn't see the confidence with the Rockets for some reason. I mean, Chris Paul gets that wide open three early early in the game, and instead of like just taking the shot, he takes a dribble and gives a chance for the Jazz guy to close him out, a Jazz defender to close him out. And then, you know, I, I think P.J. Tucker had a wide open three that he gave up, and that's when I was starting to get concerned. I'm thinking, well, maybe the crowd's starting to get to him. And, Brian, I mean, from what we heard, and you've been in a lot of sporting environments, that Jazz crowd – was I mean some some people like I, I think it was Tim Bontemps maybe on Twitter or something said it was like maybe the loudest that he had heard, heard a playoff crowd, um, but it, it felt like uh, as you're watching on TV I mean maybe in Oklahoma City can can bring that kind of crowd, but they were nuts they were also jerks though I, I want to throw that out there because uh, James Harden you know he gets pretty much tackled I think it was the, in the third quarter. You know, he's got that drive to the basket on the fast break. He gets tackled. Royce O'Neal falls on him. He falls to the ground into the scoring table. He's like slow to get up. You know, he's obviously hurt in pain. And when he's getting up, the fans boo him. They boo him. I mean, come on. I mean, that's why the Jazz fans have this reputation. I mean, you're booing a guy because your guy fell on him and he's having a slow time getting up. And I guess that was their way of saying, oh, he's a faker. I mean, come on. I mean, like, that was not a fake one. I mean, the guy fell on James Harden as he's going to the basket. And that's why they're they're, they're evil fans. And I, and I said that on Twitter and I knew I, I was going to get some. If, if a Jazz fan got a hold of it, I knew I was going to get some backlash. And of course, I, of course, I did. Of course, I did. <laughs> Clearly, clearly, that should have been a flagrant foul, and he he tackled it. Well, just... <laughs> I don't know if it was a flagrant because he, you know, he he was he was kind of holding on to him so he wouldn't, you know, so th- that that he, you know, he wasn't going to knock the guy in, into something. Or and that's what bailed him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was like he held himself up. He was trying to hold James Harden up while he was going down. So that was his saving grace. Because if he would have kept going at that trajectory. Yeah, he would have had a good. He had good grounds to 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 make that a flagrant. Uh, you know, I was I was just 
you know, I, I was disgusted with just the whole play uh, within itself. But he had to do something to stop James Harden. But he didn't have to do that. Just what did you think the officiating was fair in this game? Uh, at the very beginning, in the uh, first half, I I thought it was absolutely awful, um, you know, and that's, uh, you know, I was really upset about that play uh, myself that, that, you know, that it wasn't called uh, as a flagrant. It did get better, you know, as we got toward the end of the game, but because there were a lot of, there were calls that, uh, you know, that where the Jazz, they were, I would honestly say like Ricky Rubio, you know, they would, they would be able to create the contact but yet uh get the calls and uh yeah donovan mitchell he did that a little bit himself and the rockets were just disgusted with just with the way you know that the rest were seeming to to ensure that the jazz well, were it, it, it was a it was a thing where it was the whole it was all chippy both teams were disgusted I, yeah brian here here's you know, I, I'm, I try to look at things as, as, as fairly and as equally as I could. And I thought for the most part, uh, the officials, uh, if they were screwing up, they were screwing up both ways. There was a couple of times where, I mean, I'm, I'm watching Matt Bullard and I thought on, on the Rockets broadcast, I thought, you know, he, he was going to blow up more than he did. Um, mm-hmm. But he was fair and, and, and his, uh, in the way he was seeing things with the officials. And I, and I kind of believe... I, with most of what he was saying, what he, what he thought is that the the officiating was fair for the most part. Now there were there were some bad ones. There was some ones where I thought PJ Tucker got all ball or maybe Chris Paul. But there are ones that it's it's a lot of those were just so close that you you don't you didn't know. Now the what where James Harden and Chris Paul got in foul trouble. I you know I'm looking at those plays. Most of those calls. Uh, I, I got to be honest with you. I thought they were fouls. I mean if you're if you're being fair, I mean, I don't know about you. I thought the the ones were James Harden and Chris Paul. Maybe there was one, maybe two, but you know, James Harden, uh, he he basically made there were play, they were plays that in every other game with every other player they would have been called a foul foul. And I mean, you know, there was one one foul I thought Chris Paul picked up that was pretty stupid because he threw the turnover and then he grabbed a guy at half court, and I'm like. You know, you, you, we don't have fouls to throw away at this point. Why are you grabbing a ball? Because at that point, they're in the bonus. This was at the right. end of the third quarter. Because, I mean, that third quarter, I mean, oh, my God, that thing went, went on forever. It felt like an hour, you know, at least, you know, just with, with the I – mean, that's what it was. You know, there were a lot of fouls being called. You know, I don't know the exact number, but, uh, you know, that that's what slows the game down a, a bit. But um, Yeah, 34, call, 34 times that the Rockets went to the foul line and wow. the Jazz went to the foul line 38 times. So, you know, I mean, when you look at it in the end, it was pretty equal now. The Jazz fans will go, well, it was only the Rockets going to the foul line at, you know, in the second half. And, you know, I mean, in the fourth quarter, I should say, well, I mean, but I mean, if you look at the complete game, that was part of it. And, and speaking of, you know, the foul line, I mean, look, the Jazz, they had uh, how many free throws? Uh, 38. They made only 25. So they missed 13 free throws. Uh, that was a killer, but the Rockets, they, they weren't a whole lot better. It was, they were 23 of 34 from the free throw line. And that's, that's how you end up in a close game when, when those are the numbers, both teams struggling from the free throw line. Exactly. And, 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 uh, cannot ex- stress this enough because, you know, those free throws are going to be valuable down the stretch and, you know, the Rockets, you know, were able to do enough, uh, at the end to ensure that that happened. But, uh, 
you know, Rudy Gobert got going, and uh, that that was a difference maker. I mean, you look at you know centers of today. You know, Rudy Rudy Gobert, I would have to say, is more. He's I wouldn't say necessarily a relic, but just his style. I mean, Clint Capella is the future of the NBA in terms of how centers should should play the game, being able to you know uh, be able to to the rebound. Be I don't able to... I don't know if he's a relic because Gobert is a lot of what what Gobert does is Capella is you know he's a defensive guy. He's mm-hmm. a ri- he's a rim runner that you're going to get the ball. Like a to me, the relic is the is the guys like Patrick Ewing the the back to the basket. You throw the ball to him in the post. And you know that those guys are harder to find. Joel M- B- Joel Embiid is is one of those guys, but no Gobert. You know, I I don't feel like he he played bad the rest of this series. Um, I I just feel like they finally kind of tightened things up on their defense. The defensive rotations were a little bit better with Utah. They they just did a better job of covering everybody up, getting their arms in passing lanes, causing deflections at times, uh, just making it much more difficult for the Rockets, but. Uh, yeah, Gobert was was you know he he put his presence on the game. Uh, the big thing is Donovan Mitchell, especially in that first half. You know, I mean, he ends up with thirty four points, and like I said, he, he struggled a lot in the second half. But you look overall, it's it's thirty four points, and you felt like more an imprint was made by him in this one than we'd seen before. Derek Favors was their second leading scorer. He had thirteen points, but only in fifteen minutes, and then and then it was Gobert with ten points and Rubio with 10 points and Rubio defensively, it, it looked like he, he had tightened things up a little bit better, but uh, I mean, I, I guess last couple of things, Brian, uh, we're going to make this one quick. Cause uh, um, it, we're dealing with a hol- holiday time here, but um, just uh, noticed on Twitter right after the game, uh, my, my favorite tweet was from Vernon Maxwell, Mad Max, who's always great. He says the MVP purposely didn't make a field goal until the fourth quarter, just to make the Utah fans think they had a chance. <laughs> well you know what there's a lot of history with, with with vernon maxwell you know in the playoffs and of course you know the the, the first championship as well and um it, 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 mad, it mad max twitter is just made for a guy like him and it's just such a pleasure to see him on there just being able to tweet out his thoughts because you know these are the same things these are the same things he acted out verbally you know during games so and he, and he actually does provide good insight uh with his tweets uh as well but uh you know, with the Rockets, how about that bench production? You know, pretty much you know, through this series, you know, you're getting about 30 to 35 points uh, out of them. Austin Rivers uh, with 11 points uh, in 17 minutes. Uh, you've got five rebounds out of Kenneth Fareed. Uh, Daniel House, you, you know, you only got five points out of him. You're, you're, you're blowing the lead here. Gerald Green with those two big threes in the fourth quarter. That That was massive. Exactly. And he ended up being three for five. Uh, for the game, it reminded me uh, <laughs> what what back in the season. I think he had what what was against against the Oklahoma City. I think it was uh, the last game of the season where he just goes nuts and makes five threes. I mean, that's your secret weapon, and I wonder why we haven't seen more of him. Yeah, I think he should, and this is what's happening is he should just take him on Shumpert's minutes because honestly, I don't know what. What is his purpose? What because Iman Shopper is supposed to be here to be playing defense. He's supposed to be here, you know, trying to to knock down threes, to to hit big shots, you know, in the little time that he would get. But I haven't seen any of that, uh, and most of the time he has had is garbage time. But uh, yeah, Gerald Green is still such a valuable uh, tool and asset to this team. Yeah, you, well, you're right. I mean, Shepard hasn't played a lot, but I mean, I'll be honest with you. We knew they weren't going to go 10 deep. And I, I thought between Gerald Green and Amon Shepard, Gerald Green plays 
D'Antoni basketball. You know, he knows uh, I'm not supposed to take 18-foot jumpers. And I, I just, I wasn't a big believer in Shumpert. We, we've talked about it on the show a little bit, me and RG. But uh, yeah, it's, it's no surprise Gerald Green, um, you know, he, 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 he is perfect for these road games. Uh, me and RG, it's funny because we talked about the fact that Gerald Green um, has been a road player uh, at times this season. I don't know if we talked about it or maybe, maybe uh, I mean, I've heard so much over the last uh, few weeks about the Rockets and the playoffs, but yeah, he, he, he has been a road performer, a road dog uh, all through the season. He, it's almost like he, he gets up for the road crowds. He is fearless. It's great to have a fearless guy out there uh, in the playoffs. You, you felt like at, uh, you know, a lot of times through this series that Utah uh, w- was playing with fear where, most of the Rockets guys play without fear and, you know, led by obviously guys like PJ Tucker uh, and, and Eric Gordon is just, you know, he's got some ice water in his veins too. He's had a good shooting series, three for eight in game three. So, I mean, you, you, you're getting what you need out of Eric Gordon most nights and uh, except for a turnover uh, in the game that uh, kind of frustrated me, I, I thought he had another rock solid game, not spectacular, but he was solid. He's four four of eleven from the field. But the big thing, three of eight from three point range. But hey, the Rockets pulled it out. They're up three zero. And Brian, you know, it, it looks like you could take care of them in four games. It's weird because I, I I think the schedule is that the that the Clippers and Golden State might play before the Rockets game on Monday night. So even though the Rockets would sweep, the Golden Golden State could finish off this series. Uh, uh, pretty quickly as well. So uh, with the weird scheduling that, that that's yeah. going on, but uh, you know th- that's what you needed to do because you know you, you need to be fresh. You don't need to be going extra games uh, with Golden State. You know coming up in the second round and uh, you know Golden State and the Clippers. I think it's back to being the mismatch that we knew it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, you, you would thought that there was a run left in the Clippers. You know, it, it was just a situation where, you know, the Golden State Warriors said that we're not going to let this happen again. We're going to go in and uh, make sure that uh, that they're, they're, they're not creating any headlines because it was embarrassing. You know, you give up a 30-plus point lead, you know, <laughs> in the uh, fourth quarter, by the way. I, I watched that game. It was late uh, the other night, and uh, it was just a, a really amazing to watch and you know you can't help but be proud of these clippers i mean i would be rooting against them if for some reason they were a bit upset and uh we the rockets had to play them but patrick beverly uh you know montrez harrell uh you know all these former rockets uh you know being able to uh contribute and uh and live in um under doc rivers uh, philosophy you know they have really blossomed but uh, under there but you know what i this was my prediction from the get-go from this series. I, I predicted Rockets in six. I thought this game, I thought the series was going to go a bit because I thought every game was going to be like last night. Not the blowouts that we saw at Toyota Center, but like last night. And uh, But the Rockets, you know what? What's, what's different from my prediction is they still found a way to win, even after shutting down James Harden. And again, like you said, or like we all have seen, you know, he got going eventually, being able to, you know, uh, overcome, you know, the, just his, his shooting slump. But yeah, I... I was expecting every game to to be like this because that's this is the way the Jazz play. They got back to their roots. James Harden is not going to be having any zero for twelve starts again in, in this series. So I, my my guess is the no. Rockets, uh, you know, should take care of Game Four, but you, you can't let off the gas. And 
this is a situation uh, where if James Harden gets going and the Rockets get ahead, you know, Utah, it's going to take their heart out a little bit. But uh, it's not a gimme. They, they win game four, even though a lot of times that's what happens because this Jazz crowd is crazy, crazy, crazy. But we're going to come back at you with the game four postgame. RG should be back. He's, he's off for the, the holiday weekend. Uh, great to have Brian on the show. Me and Brian are going to come back with you tomorrow for a real quick one on the Texans schedule. We're going to look at the Texans schedule that came out this past week. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. But the Rockets go up 3-0, 104-101, the final. Uh, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey there, listener. Are you a fan of Houston Cougar Athletics? Well, Sam and I have got the perfect podcast for you. It's the Scott and Holman Podcast. Yeah, we're talking all things Houston Cougars, in-season, off-season, recruiting, on-field results. If it's Houston Cougars, we're talking about it. So search Scott and Holman Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.